if the New England Patriots are going to trade for wide receiver Jerry Judy, they're going to make sure that they get a strong return on investment. Stick around. You're about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you Foxborough faithful. Thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage. Don't forget, Locked On Patriots is a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I'm your host, Mike DeBate. I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing the Bird app some love, be sure to follow the Lockdown Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. That's fans, an action-packed show for you today. As you might have deduced from our opening, we're going to talk about the latest rumors surrounding a potential Patriots trade of Jerry Judy of the Denver Broncos. Not a lot of talk about Jerry Judy here on the pod, by admission, but there were developments in this story, and we are going to tackle those today. Also, the big news from Monday night, Damian Harris off to Buffalo, signing a deal with the Bills, and in an early crossover Tuesday here on Locked On, I was joined by my good friend Joe Marino, host of Locked On Bills, and we crossed the streams a little bit, to talk about what Damien's going to bring to Buffalo and what it means for the Patriots. And lastly, Tuesday morning, saw the end of an era as Dante Hightower officially announcing his retirement from the NFL after 10 great seasons. We're going to take the show home today as we reflect on a great career for Dante here in New England. So stick around, lots to talk about, and we definitely hope you love what we have in store for you here today on Locked On Patriots. But We start in Denver, and Broncos reporter Benjamin Albright of Denver-based KOA-FM expounding on his initial report from the office last weekend. And he was reporting that the Broncos wanted at least one first-round pick or a second-round pick and an established NFL player in return for Jerry Judy. Depending on Benjamin's reports, we saw that the fact that the Cleveland Browns right now are I don't want to say the front runner, but they're close to it. They restructured Deshaun Watson's contract. That allows them to have serious interest here. But the Patriots have looked into this. They have looked into trading for Jerry Judy. Albright reporting that Denver's price tag has been too steep for New England at this point. Now, we all know that the Patriots are going to be in on receivers. They're in on receivers right now. We've discussed the DeAndre Hopkins rumors here on Locked On Patriots. The Pats are still rumored to be in the mix there, folks, and what's being called a soft market. Talks are expected to ramp up there in a couple of days, so we should get some closure on DeAndre Hopkins. Some are saying the Patriots may still be in on Odell Beckham Jr. Don't have to give up anything but money at that point, but Odell's services are not going to come cheap. Patriots are definitely going to have to pony up on their offer contractually, but When it comes to someone like Jerry Judy, the youth and the ability, dynamic player, it doesn't surprise you that the New England Patriots would be in on him. And 
<laughs> it also doesn't hurt that he's Mac Jones's former teammate from Alabama. So there's a lot of familiarity, and there's definitely prowess there. In his time in Denver, come to a very good career, no question about it. 157 catches, 2,295 yards receiving, a 14.6 yards per reception average, nine touchdowns. But the Broncos don't want to seem to reach the inevitable point that they want to pay Jerry Judy big money, and that's why he's been involved in trade rumors dating back to the 2022 trade deadline. So from their perspective, they're basically going to wait for their price, and they're going to wait for it, and they're going to get it. But the trade for Russell Wilson means their cupboard right now is bare. They need to recoup some of what they lost in draft capital. They have six picks total in 2023, but none in the first, none in the second. So when you look at the cupboard being bare now, Patriots and other teams can kind of maybe squeeze a little bit in terms of Denver and say, okay, well, you know what? You want a first rounder? You want a second rounder? Let's talk. Let's work out a happy medium here. And the Patriots right now could have this deal done, or at least according to Ben's report, if they're willing to you know, part with a second rounder or a first rounder. So why don't the Patriots just give up the pick and get the deal done? Well, for the same reason it always is. The Patriots want to get a solid return on investment. That's what this is all about. It's not about them being cheap. It's not because they don't have faith in Mac Jones. Saw that suggestion earlier today on social media. I don't buy that for one second, folks. Again, everyone entitled to their opinion. Just I don't find a whole lot of merit in it. But if they want fair value in return, the Patriots are being the smart team right now. Yes, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster. That, in the eyes of some, lessens New England's intensity, but Juju is here to replace Jacoby Myers. Even if you think that the Patriots have upgraded with Juju to, from, from Juju to Jacoby, conventional logic still says that the Patriots are going to add another wide receiver. What needs to be measured here is whether or not pursuing Jerry Judy is going to intensify beyond these talks right now because what the Patriots need to do is determine whether or not Jerry Judy is as good or better, really, if you're thinking about it, better than the return that they can get in either round one at 14 or round two at 46. I don't think Jerry Judy's proven yet that he's going to be a slam dunk better receiver than what the Patriots could get at number 14. He's probably better than what they'll be able to get at round two and number 46, but that's where the Patriots right now are having their difficulties in determining whether or not to stay in this race for him. Whether it's D-Hop or whether it's Jerry Judy, folks, or whether it's another wideout joining the Patriots, they will always opt for solid return on investment. If the Patriots feel that Cleveland is going to eclipse their asking price or if they're not going to recoup the same deal in return, then they're probably out on the Jerry Judy sweepstakes. And Ben's report, honestly, folks, if I'm being truthful in terms of my take on this i think it takes them out of the mix here that being said it's still possible and if he does end up in england i will take my mea culpa pill at that point but right now i just don't see this progressing beyond the talks that already have happened but whether or not these guys end up in new england their offense is going to be on without the services of damian harris who trades foxborough for western new york after four years with the pats in an effort to keep the Cross the Streams team alive, folks, Joe Marino will join me here on Locked On Patriots in just a moment, and we're going to transform this 
into a Locked On Bills, Locked On Patriots crossover as we discuss Damian making the switch to the Pats' biggest AFC East rival. Joe and I talk Damian Harris and the Buffalo Bills when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. But first, folks, the tournament is heating up, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scorers to the three-pointers drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. I'm joined now by Mike DeBate, the host of the Locked On Patriots podcast. You guys know him. We do two crossover episodes a year, sometimes three. And, of course, Mike has plenty of expertise on new Bills running back, former Patriot Damian Harris. So, Mike, thanks for giving us some of your time here today and uh, looking forward to getting your thoughts. Oh, absolutely, Joe. Always an honor and always a privilege for me to join the Locked On Bills podcast. And uh, if I can be of any assistance in lending some wisdom and counsel on Damian Harris, all for it. Well, let's let's do that. Uh, take us back to 2019 when the Patriots made Damian Harris the 87th pick in the draft. That's a third rounder. What were those expectations for him entering the team? And I know that we're looking at this through the lens of Patriots and running backs. We know that it's typically a committee. So how did he fit in and what were kind of the expectations? Yeah, I think there was a little bit of surprise initially when Damian was chosen with that type of draft capital. Look, there's no denying the talent. His time in Alabama proved that he was going to be a top-flight pro or at least someone that could have an opportunity to compete to be a top-flight pro. But I was in the Patriots media room when they drafted him in 2019, and I can tell you it was a little surprising. The Patriots already had on staff at that time Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead, James Devlin was the fullback out of the backfield, Jakob Johnson was even on the team, and Brandon Bolden in the running back room. So a lot of people were wondering, what are the Patriots doing here bringing in this kid when they already have a stacked room? But it was undeniable when he hit the practice field and you started to see what he was capable of, the Patriots clearly had a beat on him. Started off slow in New England, as running backs typically do. Bill Belichick typically redshirts these guys gives them the opportunity to learn the offense, um, and then once they do, they're able to take the ball and run with it. Literally, that's exactly what Damian Harris did. Mike, that sounds like a warning about Pierre Strong next year. Is He had his run <laughs> red shirt year. He's ready to take off. i would be interesting to watch him, but let's keep it on Damian Harris. Don't let me sidetrack like that. Uh, you reminded me of some names there in 2019 that I forgot were all in that room, which makes it even more surprising that they – made him the pick there, and of course his entire rookie season, he's basically a healthy scratch. It makes sense why. But then the production really ramps up in 2020, and then his best season in 2021, 1,000 yards from scrimmage, uh, good amount of receiving production, 15 rushing touchdowns. What led to that spike, kind of that ascension from healthy scratch as a rookie to you know a really solid season in 2021? 
Yeah, I think it's as simple as opportunity, Joe. I think the Patriots finally gave him the opportunity to run with the ball. Uh, Sony Michelle obviously was on the trading block. That wasn't working out uh, in a situation that the Patriots wanted to continue on with that relationship. And that really is no disrespect to Sony at all. I mean, there was a good, solid running core there with him, but. New England Patriots running backs often have a very short shelf life, and that's exactly what happened. It was Damian's time to prove that he could get the job done on the field, not only doing it on the ground, rushing for 959 yards and 211 carries, also caught 19 passes for 139 yards that year as well. So he enjoyed success on both sides of the coin offensively and proved that he could be a dual threat when you needed him to be. Uh, unquestionably, he was the top running back in the Patriots' room in that season. Well, you mentioned unquestionably the top running back in the Patriots room in 2021, but not last year. 2022 is all about this guy, Ramondre Stevenson, looks like a real stud uh, for the New England Patriots. And so kind of curious what your thoughts are there in terms of Stevenson kind of taking command of that backfield in 2022 after Harris is coming off the season that he had in 2021. I know there were some injuries along the way, but were you surprised to see such a sudden shift or is this just the dynamics like you talked about of the running back position in New England. I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I was a little bit surprised to see Ramondre take that step this quickly um, after a rookie season that showed some promise, but coming in and actually being able to put that on the field and really put it into play was huge for him. Uh, and he carried the ball extremely well, 1,040 yards, five touchdowns, averaging five yards per carry, catching 69 passes yeah. for 421 yards. So this guy was doing it all. He was essentially their only option for a while there at the running back position. But again, it comes down to availability and opportunity. And Ramondre Stevenson had both in 2022. And that's why you saw a little bit of a statistical dip for Damian Harris in the final year of his rookie deal. Hamstring, thigh injuries, definitely a question. That lessened his productivity. But when he's on the field, he still proved that there is a lot to like between the tackles. There's a lot to like in a straightforward runner and in a pinch a backfield receiver in Damian Harris. This guy's still got a lot left in the tank. Mike, I um, I know the Patriots are pretty choosy with who they pay, right? And so mm -hmm. I, I, I want to ask you this. Like, why don't you think Damian Harris was in the cards? We don't know the full deal yet for the Bills, just a one-year contract. I imagine it's not too expensive. But was it about just the Patriots and their team-building dynamics that they cling to, or is this – all right, this is Ramondre Stevenson's backfield. We have some other young guys that it's time for them to get the opportunity, and we're comfortable with Harris moving on. Like, what are your thoughts on on why he wasn't retained? Yeah, I think in a lot of ways, it's going to be the question of uh, the underlying question of the offseason for the New England Patriots. Obviously, everybody's focusing on all the other moves that the Pats are making, looking at the running back room as being stacked. But when you look at what this team actually still has on the roster, they've got Ramondre at the top of the list. He, this is his backfield. You're right on that. But you mentioned Pierre Strong earlier, also Kevin Harris. They mm -hmm. also have the dynamic of now adding a veteran like James Robinson into the mix, who has been prolific in his opportunities that he's been given. Hasn't quite been the same player since the injury that he had a couple of years ago in Jacksonville. Obviously, just not a good fit in uh, uh, New York. They're looking maybe to see if he can come in and add a little bit more reception out of the backfield, I think, to kind of shore up that team. But I think they look at what they have in Ramondre and then the combination of speed and straightforward toughness that they get in Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris and realize that 
one of these guys is going to be up pretty soon for you know a, a rookie deal. Uh, I think New England just looks at the dynamic and they believe that Damian probably was able to go and chase a deal that the Patriots weren't willing to give at this point. I don't think it was dissatisfaction with the player. I just think it was giving him an opportunity to go and to shine and get a little bit more than uh, the Patriots were able to offer this time around. Mike, I probably should have asked this a lot sooner in our conversation, but like, can you break down the skill set for us? I know we've seen a good amount of Damian Harris and he's had some good games against the Bills. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're all fully aware of those. So um, from your experience, you've watched more Damian Harris than me for sure. What are his strengths? What are his weaknesses uh, from your time watching him with the Patriots? Well, his strength, obviously, I think his best strength is his tenacity. This is a kid that does not quit on a run and does not quit on a play. He'll give you everything that he has. And there are times where I've seen Damian apparently stopped cold you know, dead right at the, you know, the line of scrimmage or behind it and still is able to grit out and grind out and get some yardage because this kid just does not give up. So if there is a real um, trait that I think Buffalo Bills fans are going to love about this kid is that he will give you everything he's got on every down. If Josh Allen is looking to hand the ball off to Damian Harris, you can bet that he's going to give you everything he can to get yardage. He's a very good, uh, you know, straightforward runner. I think you'll see him get a lot of carries on early downs. I also believe that in a pinch, he can be a guy that can receive out of the backfield and be a third down threat. If the Bills are looking for similar production that they got out of De uh, Devin Singletary when it comes to receiving out of the backfield, that's not Damian Harris's game. I mean, that's that's something he can do, but it's not his focal point. This is a good between-the-tackles runner that will give you an opportunity, and he can hit holes as well as anyone I've covered during my tenure here in New England. In terms of weaknesses, Joe, I but Bills fans are going to be happy to hear me say this. Not a whole lot of logistical weakness in Damian Harris's game. He pretty much does everything pretty well or adequately at the very worst um, when it comes to what he can do on a football field. It's just going to be whether the injuries that he suffered the last couple of years continue to take their toll. If he's available, he does have the ability to be a solid number one option in this offense. Mike, the Bills running back before Damian Harris was part of the mix was James Cook, Naheem Hines, two shiftier backs, a lot of receiving ability, speed, but what was missing was the downhill presence, somebody that can win in short yardage, somebody that can win in pass protection. In so many ways, it feels like Damian Harris checks that box for Buffalo, but given your familiarity with Damian Harris and, of course, your familiarity with the Buffalo Bills, they're in the division, you see him a ton, we talk about him a ton, your your quick general thoughts on projecting him to Buffalo. Uh, projecting him to Buffalo, I think he definitely has the opportunity to be the feature back in this offense. And that's saying a lot when you're looking at a passing game that's as prolific as what the Bills bring to the table. To have a complementary running game only makes them even more lethal. So I think Damian Harris definitely provides upside. No disrespect to Devin Singletary, who I thought was a good fit here, but I think you're getting a much better early down runner and someone that can give you a few yards right off the bat, taking pressure off Josh Allen, maybe even allowing him to not have to extend as many plays with his legs as dynamic and as great as he is at it and I know Bills fans love watching him do it the years definitely catch up with you no matter what Josh is still a very young quarterback but you're yeah. going to absolutely need to watch that in future years and you've got a running back now that can take some of the pressure off so that's where I project with him if the Bills decide that they wanted to add another running back maybe for a little more prowess on third down a veteran wouldn't surprise me and I think it probably would be a good move for them but 
this kid definitely can carry the load. And if the Bills go into 2023 with Damian Harris penciled in as their feature, uh, I think they're doing something pretty good here. This was a very good signing for the Bills. I loved covering Damian and his energy, Joe. And that's another thing that I want to bring to uh, uh, Bills fans. He is one of the most energetic and one of the most positive guys in that locker room. Patriots fans loved him. His teammates loved him here. You can definitely bet he's going to bring that infectious attitude with him to Buffalo and to Western New York. Well, sounds like a good fit for, in so many ways, exactly what the Bills needed in their backfield. But, Mike, I want to say this. Don't get it twisted. We hold our breath every time Josh Allen takes a hit, and we say, get up, Josh. All right? So so we're, <laughs> we're keenly aware of uh, of how that goes as well here on the Bills side of things. Mike, I appreciate you giving us some of your time and sharing your expertise on your time covering Damian Harris. Always, my friend. My honor, my pleasure. Locked on listeners, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at Built. The Built March Madness Bracket is here, and we know you have a favorite bar or a favorite puff, and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Locked On listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but Locked On, one Locked On lucky fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You've got to try Built, folks. If you haven't, please don't delay. Do it today. Built is by far the best protein bar you will ever have. I'm serious. They're so amazing. You're not going to think that they're good for you. But what makes Built Bars and Puffs so good, all high in protein, low in sugar, covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, folks. You definitely do not want to delay. Do it today. So visit BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites and definitely be sure to pick up a box of Built at Built.com. Don't delay. Do it today. Built.com. Patriots fans, thank you once again for spending time here on Locked On Patriots, making us a part of your daily New England Patriots coverage, and also for your patronage to the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, for 10 seasons, veteran linebacker Dante Hightower was a mainstay here for the New England Patriots, selected by his teammates as a four-time team captain, long cementing his place among New England's defensive greats. And in fact, when Bill Belichick was asked about Dante Hightower last season during a press conference that I had the privilege of sitting in on, Bill Belichick definitely made it clear that it was not going to be easy to fill the cleats of Dante Hightower, saying, quote, it's a stretch to compare almost anybody to Hightower. You're talking about one of the best linebackers that's ever played here. Even though Dante spent the 2022 season away from the football field, he made his retirement official on Tuesday, having penned a heartfelt farewell story in the Players' Tribune to formally announce his decision. And I'm quoting directly from the piece that Dante wrote on Tuesday morning, quote, today I am officially retiring from the NFL. I know these announcements always feel bittersweet, but I can't think of a better story than the one I wrote in New England. A decade, three Super Bowls, two Pro Bowls, and the birth of my son, all playing for one franchise. How many guys can have a story like that? Well, not many. I can tell you from covering the New England Patriots for the past few years, Dante is truly one of the great guys you will ever meet. Truly the same guy that you meet in the locker room, on the field, and away from the field. And just one of the more stand-up, hardworking players 
that New England is definitely going to miss. They missed him in 2022. They'll continue to miss him, but it's nice knowing that he rides off into the sunset forever a Patriot. And look, he was an essential part of the Patriots defense ever since he was drafted in 2012. First round selection, 25 overall, University of Alabama, a lot of pedigree coming in on Dante, but he lived up to it and then some. Wasn't only a great linebacker here in New England, but he was also a director of the action on the field. One of the smartest players ever coached by Bill Belichick. And he, alongside Devin McCourty, who is another guy that Bill Belichick has consistently said is one of the smartest guys he ever coached, he was one of the most respected leaders in the Patriots locker room. When there was a problem, when there was an issue, Dante was always there to lend his wisdom and counsel and to really keep things in line. During his tenure in New England, he definitely was not deprived of accolades. He earned a second-team All-Pro selection in 2016, two Pro Bowl nods in 2016 and 2019, and selections on both the New England Patriots All-2010s team and also on the franchise's All-Dynasty team. But for all of his numerous on-field accomplishments in the regular season, and there are a good number, Let's face it, Dante's legend really was cultivated by what he did in the postseason. He was a playoff god, and there is no way to sugarcoat that or lessen it. Really an integral role on every single one of the Patriots' three Super Bowl teams during the 2010s. Arguably his famous moment coming on the late second half strip sack of Atlanta Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan. Uh, really, I think, sparking that improbable 34-28 to comeback in Super Bowl 51. But make no mistake about it, something I don't think Dante gets enough credit for because of the magnitude of that moment, his tackle of Marshawn Lynch at the one-yard line in Super Bowl 49 makes Malcolm Butler's interception possible. He just had a gift for coming through in big moments, and there will never be another like Dante Hightower. I'm going to miss watching him play on the field because it was always electric every time 54 lined up opposite any kind of an offense he was always ready to defend it and you know he walks away with his head held high because even though he took a one-year hiatus in 2020 because of a COVID-19 opt-out he returned as a team leader and a solid presence in the middle of New England's defense in 2021 he appeared in 16 of 18 games saw the field for 59.8 percent of the Patriots defensive snaps Despite some struggles throughout the season, wasn't a perfect final season in New England for Dante, but he did show that he was still capable of being an effective player, finished the season with 64 tackles, one and a half sacks, and primarily playing on early downs, defending against the run. That's where he was really at his best. But he could defend the pass as well. Don't let anyone tell you any different. In total, Dante Hightower will ride off into the sunset now, having played in a combined 134 regular season and playoff games, 650 combined tackles, 30 sacks, six fumble recoveries, and two interceptions. But to me, the thing that I'll always remember about Dante Hightower is the indelible mark he leaves, not only on the professional franchise, the only professional franchise that he's ever played or will ever play for, but the spot that will certainly be waiting for him in the Patriots Hall of Fame in due time. A tip of the cap to Dante Hightower for a great career. You have definitely earned all of the accolades you received, Dante. You've earned the right to enjoy your time in retirement, and it's been an honor and a privilege covering you here at Locked On Patriots as a member of Sports Illustrated and as a member of the Patriots media contingent. So New England will definitely miss Dante Hightower. 
It didn't have him in 2022, but there was always that specter that he might show up <laughs> and provide a little lift to the Patriots defense. But now we know he is officially retired and the Patriots core moves on. And we will continue to move on here on Locked On Patriots because there is plenty to talk about still on the field for your New England Patriots, folks. So please be sure to continue to download, subscribe to follow Locked On Patriots wherever you listen to audio podcasts as well as on YouTube. And if you've made us your first listen today, please make your second listen. Our good friends over at Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. You saw Joe Marino a little bit earlier today on this podcast. Well, you can catch him an awful lot alongside another good friend of the program, Locked On Dolphins host Kyle Krabs. These two guys are at the top of their game. They're the best of the business, and they're going to guide you through what it's like to scout every position from the player's perspective, coach's perspective, a scout's perspective. They nail it each and every time. So be sure to download, subscribe to, and follow Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back here tomorrow on Locked On Patriots, folks. So please be sure to keep it right here. Subscribe to Locked On Patriots. Once again, I am your host, Mike DeBate. I thank you for all of the time that you spend with Locked On Patriots each and every day as your daily Patriots podcast. Continue to stay safe, stay well, be the change you wish to see in the world. Have a great day, everyone. And we'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Patriots.